Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Take the Black Live, the only show on the internet where we give you the straight skinny on all things sci-fi, fantasy, movies, TV, aliens, robots, monsters, dragons, horses, swords, etc. I am Dan Selke, the editor of WinnersComing.net. And look, well, 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 look who decided to sew up. Well, 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 well. It's Daniel Roman, absent the past two weeks, but come and make his triumphant return to the set of Take the Black Live. Daniel Roman, we've missed you. Have you missed you? I have mi- I haven't missed me, but I've missed you, Dan, and I've missed oh. all of you out there. Uh definitely missed out these past couple of weeks. I'm glad to be back. It was largely in the name of some fun stuff. Keep an eye on the site over the holidays for some fun conversations I may have been mm-hmm. having with people these past few weeks. Um but today I had to be here today uh, because there's House of the Dragon news. What, what's up? What's up, everybody? There's a trailer. How do you feel it's about a it, trailer? Dan? I feel great. Y- yes, it's true. You came You came back on a good day, and everyone out there, you've come on a good day, including Andrew, Julie, uh, Ertak, Nicole, uh, Martha. You're all here on a good day because we are, in very short order, I think, going to watch HBO's newly released uh, in a first trailer for House of the Dragon season two. They dropped it on Saturday. Yeah, we oogled it. We digested it. We thought about it. Now we're going to watch it, break it down. And I want all of your opinions on what's happening, what's getting you excited, what's turning you off, what's turning you on about the trailer. And should we just get right into it? Because I'm not sure we really need to have much preamble here. There's a House of the Dragon trailer. We're going to watch it. I think we should. But can I just say before we start, did I hear you? I So I don't have chat on for those of you in chat because I'm at home. It's slow. There are mm-hmm. clouds. My internet's bad. Uh, did I hear you say Ertak is in the chat? Because I want to yes. know what. Okay. So Ertak, uh, who did artwork for Rise of the Dragon. I want to know really? what scenes he's going to be uh, making art of from this trailer fan art, right? Am I thinking of the right person? Ertak Altinos? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm i not confident about the name. I'll, I'll be honest, Ertak. Uh, sorry about that. Ertak Altinos, yeah. <laughs> if, 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 okay. If, 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 if you're the illustrator for the Rise of the Dragon, welcome. And yes, if you want to give us any um, special information, we would just, we would just love it. I just mean for funsies. I want to know what everyone's most excited about from this trailer. So as we go through it in the chat, let us know what what got you excited. Uh, I'll stop yes, rambling. Bible. Stop embarrassing myself. And yeah, let's get into it whenever yeah, you're ready. Let's, Dan. let's do it. Okay. Oh, it's been over a year. It is nice to see this again. Okay. Stop it right yep. here. So, so yeah, I didn't right at the top. 
I didn't put this together first. So this is pretty mm-hmm. clearly Rhaenyra at Shipbreaker Bay looking over yes. where her son Lucerus died. I When I first saw it, I was like, is that Dragonstone? No, that's Storm's End, that's Shipbreaker Bay. She is upset about she's, she, she's visiting the scene of the crime where her half brother killed her son, as I'm sure everyone was saying over the Thanksgiving table not that long ago. Normal family thing. Yeah, totally. I didn't catch that on my my first watch either. There are a lot of hidden details in here. I imagine this is going to be like one of the first scenes of the season, maybe, you Probably. know, Rhaenyra. This is not a scene that that we really got in Fire and Blood. Uh, Rhaenyra going to visit Shipbreaker Bay and it's real. Mm-hmm. The war is on. Um, yeah. Shall we continue? Continue, continue please. Producer Richard, thank you for doing all this, by the way. Love it. Yeah. Damon Targaryen in his helmet. Okay. Ooh. Uh, pause on some of the soldiers Let's pause here. on. Yeah. Allison looks great. What a great chair. Um, okay. So we know that in the first season, there weren't many battle scenes, which made sense. It was more about the getting to know the characters, kind of knowing their relationships. They had these big time skips to negotiate. They had one big battle, and it was the, the one against the crab feeder, which really wasn't i would say a battle on par with like the greatest game of thrones they're gonna step it up this year we know of at least one big battle that's coming and i'm just hoping that they really shoot for a battle of the bastards level of fidelity excitement and attention to detail this time and we know it's gonna happen like i'm betting this might be from the um uh the uh, but go the, the 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 battle at works rest I have been forgetting things lately, yeah. but that's still there. It's mayhem. It's mayhem right now. There's so Ooh. much news flying around for House of the Dragon. My brain is becoming like Swiss cheese. But yeah, uh, so I imagine you're right that this is a shot from Rook's Rest. Um, I can't quite make out the sigils on those shields uh, because my I can't quite see it on my computer screen. But I imagine these are fighters for the greens. Uh, we do get some high tower sure. sigils <laughs> with soldiers and and other shots um, that look like they could be from this same battle. But yeah, so Rook's Rest, like you said, Dan, that is going to be the show's first real swing at doing a real large swing, scale battle. Because yeah. yeah, the crab feeder that was kind of mainly about Damon as a character. It wasn't mm-hmm. really about the battle that was happening the way that something like the battle of the bastards or or hard home is where it's about the grand scale of what's going on just as much as it is the individual characters Mm -hmm. and uh without getting into spoilers we are going to see some other scenes from rook's rest in this trailer but there are both high stakes for the war and high stakes for individual characters here Mm -hmm. so for the story as a whole episode four it's going to be a big one By the way, um, before we move on, Ertak uh, is chiming in. By the way, I, I, I'm, I'm I'm very happy to have a a a, a um, person who's worked on who's worked on this stuff in, in the chat. He says he says I'm actually making a reread of a Song of Ice and Fire books right now, and I'm going to prepare an artwork nice. for each book before House of Dragons season two hits, which we'll look out for that. That's awesome. But right after, I'm yeah, totally going to see him on House of the Dragon for sure. Yeah, we will look out for that. Thank you. Uh, he's working hard here. Woohoo! <laughs> it's very exciting. All right. Um, why don't we just keep a going? Hit play, please. Thank yeah, you, Richard. Let's do it. Allison looks great. Love the Auto chair. Oh, 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 oh. Pause on Kristen Cole's let's... new haircut. Really, really briefly. Kristen Cole has <laughs> short hair. 
This is exactly <laughs> like when Jamie Lannister, Nikolai Coster Wild Out, had like long medieval hair for the first was it just the first no at I think it was the first few seasons. And then I think in season four. First three. First three. Yeah, that sounds about right. And then I think in season four, I guess he was like, I don't want to wear a wig anymore. I don't want to shampoo all this. I just want to have a normal um, go to the barber, give me a number three, and I'm just going to deal with that. And like uh, Fabian Frankel is just skipping the line by like several seasons. He's like, nope, I'm done with the long, fancy hair. Give me the short haircut uh we're working with it's a war haircut you can't have things flopping in your hair in your eyes when when you're thick of battle it's war on we need it we need our super cuts um uh battle head yeah i mean the short hair i gotta say uh i I was talking to our colleague natalie about this and and (laughs) basically she said i'm happy for him that he got a worse a less attractive haircut because you know everyone loves to hate on Kristen because he sucks he's Um, awful yeah no no hate to Fabian Frankel who is great uh but yeah so I didn't like it when Jamie Lannister got his haircut I believe that was because um Nikolai Coster Waldo was also starring in some contemporary movies around the same time so that that's why he got the haircut and I thought it was folly folly not worth it for rom-coms whatever should have kept the long hair it gave <laughs> jamie lannister gravitas um kristen cole i don't care Damn. uh i think it kind of fits probably with the dark space kristen's going into like he is going to be basically the general for the greens uh sure. in this war um hey richard can we fast forward uh just like a a, a screen or two to the person that he's beheading uh yeah thank you so I, this is again, I'm not quite sure who he's beheading here. It's happening really fast. Um, but there are going to be a few moments in this war where allegiances are tested. People might swear uh-huh. to the blacks, then lose and then end up in possession of the greens, vice versa. Um, this is going to get bloody and duplicitous and awful. Like this war. Or is the worst in Westeros's history what we are about to start watching in season two so yeah and Kristen Cole is going to be uh one of the worst in this worst war so great mm-hmm. yay looking forward to hating Kristen even more this season somehow we'll find a way continue on yeah gotta love those little ball things Aegon of the throne we're near yeah. looking uh fabulous Allison some mysterious shots yeah, it oh 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 pause on the dragon uh, flying we... over the 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 guy. That's an important bit. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Okay. So, they have been hiding so much of the particulars of some of the new characters. I don't need to get yep. that much into it, but basically, they only now revealed that this is Clinton Liberty who we're seeing the actor. He's playing Adam of Hull. We've had shows before saying, like, is Adam of Hull in it? Because they never yep. said he was in it before. Like, they announced Gail Rankin as uh, Alice Rivers. They announced Abukadar Salim as uh, Alan of Hull. They didn't announce Clinton Liberty as Adam of Hull. We had to look that up and find it ourselves through sleuthing, even though he's, at least in the book Fire and Blood, one of the more important figures. I love his story. I don't want to spoil too much. But basically, he'll be a character. He's one of the yeah. the dragon seeds, these peasants who end up mounting dragons once the noble born dragon riders start 
spoiler alert, uh, dying off like flies when they need some replacements and they're willing to dumpster dive for peasants to get them. Um, I love that story. I'm looking <laughs> forward to it. Yeah. And uh, I think it's just cool. I, I think it's just cool. The idea I, I said it so many times the of like a, of like a, a low born person ascending the ranks through need and mounting a dragon. It like add some kind of whiz bang, how to train your dragon. Um, like, uh, uh, like, um, fantastical fantasy into this more heavy Shakespearean, all about the rich nobles story. And I love that he's here and I can't wait to see what Clinton, Clinton, Clinton lip, what Clinton Liberty does with the role. And that's him looking at sea smoke. Probably. Yeah. Uh, Lenor Valerian's yep. former dragon. Yep, probably sea smoke up there. Lenor, uh, you'll recall, he went off to live across the narrow sea with his bow, yeah. whose name I don't remember, uh, in season one. And yeah, uh, so sea smoke here and Adam of Hall. I don't know why they've been so coy about revealing some of these characters, but I'm glad we finally got the confirmation. Adam of Hall is in the show. Um, I love. <laughs> I, I feel like it's kind of fun. The House of the Dragon cast has been a little less cagey with giving quotes than uh, than Game of Thrones. Mm, uh, sure. Maybe because Fire and Blood's out there, you can you can find these things. So Abu Bakar Salim, who played Father on Raised by Wolves, is this character's brother in this show. Mm -hmm. uh, like you said, Alan of Hull. And he tweeted out, great. He's very loyal about his brother, Adam, which the, yes, the book readers will know that that's a very specific reference. Um, so yeah, really looking forward to the sowing of the seeds. And like you said, it adds a little bit of like that classic fantasy, you know, rising through the ranks, mounting a, mounting a dragon. But since this is a George R. R. Martin story, obviously it's going to end up being real messed up by the end, I'm sure. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, it, it should be good, good stuff. I can't, I'm most curious about when during the season, the sowing of, of the seeds is going to happen. But yeah, I am too. Solid and we stuff. earnestly don't know exactly when yet. We can make some guesses, but yeah. uh, probably best left in the time. For now, let's go on with the trailer. Punch it. Look at that dragon. Look at it fly. Some more mm. stuff of Rook's Rest, Painted Table, Corlys Valerian. Yeah. Another, another. Ooh, ooh. Pause on that one. Uh, of the yeah, Iron Yeah, we gotta talk about. In... We really don't. I just think the shot is beautiful. Although I will point out, this is Aemon Targaryen, played by Ewan Mitchell. Just, he seems like he's looking at the Iron Throne at night and probably lusting in his heart after the power represents. Here's something important, though, that is something worth talking about. This is a dark shot of the Iron Throne at night. <laughs> and throughout yes. this whole trailer, they are lighting their night shots for them to actually be visible. I know that the show got a lot of critique in its first season for the light being too low in some situations. I think about that, like um, Damon and Rhaenyra walking on the beach scene, episode seven, where like, you could maybe make out their fuzzy outlines, but it was it was sort of uh, hard to see. Now, yeah. Miguel Sapochnik, the showrunner, who's also a great director, left the show. It seems like he was the one championing the natural low lighting. And it looks like in this trailer, they've made real efforts to <laughs> make sure you can see what's going on even at night. In the next shot after this, we could like push forward a couple of frames, Richard, to when the night's walked through the forest. Again, night shot. Another look. One. Look at the figures, look at the trees, look at the snow, look at the bushes, look at the clouds. Um, I'm in favor of this, and I'm glad they listened. 
Yeah, I so I the day as night, which is what those shots were that Sapochnik mm-hmm. was kind of known for in House of the Dragon. He didn't do it as much in Thrones. Those were different oh. sorts of night shots that were equally dark. Um, the the Driftmark ones were kind of notable because like they filmed those in daylight and then they artificially darkened them to a point where a lot of people couldn't really see them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, so it looks like they maybe took some notes there, which is good because we're going to have to have some ominous dark scenes. Um, the only thing I'll say about Aemond with the Iron Throne, which we don't need to rewind for, but Aemond, if you'll recall, he had some conflicts where he felt like he was the better candidate to be king. Uh, yes, that was a, a thing that came up during the Green Council uh, because Aemond is the dutiful Targaryen son and Aegon really just wants to um, be a giant douche uh, and, and also <laughs> just go around doing what he wants. Uh, so... That is probably going to play a major part this season, that that plot line for Aemond. And then here is another very cool thing, which is a bit of a deviation from the books. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is that this, we believe this is the Night's Watch. We're going to be going north to Winterfell. Tom Taylor is playing Cregan Stark, a relative of Eddard and the whole Stark family. Um, And... Jaceris, if you remember, at the end of season one, Jaceris left to go treat with people like the Starks in Winterfell and the Arryns at the Eyrie. So I guess maybe they'll take a road trip to the Wall, um, which could be cool. Like he gets there and Cregan has some business to do at the Wall or something. But cool to see the Night's Watch back because otherwise they wouldn't have been in this story at all. So this, this is yeah. a change I'm cautiously in favor of cautiously in favor we still don't know if it's like a full story or just like a little subplot or just just like a cameo for fan totally. service we'll see yeah. by the way um nicole's into seeing winterfell anything nice watch again it'll be nice to see them yeah uh both julie and nicole agree that light is good and saiganisha we <laughs> will be talking about all those um george R. R. martin quotes a little bit later don't you worry okay yes. richard please continue the trailer oh i'd stop for that i don't know what to say about it that's a beautiful shot let's stop on those dragons on the beach yeah so although what is allison at the lake we don't need to see it but what is she doing like that's not from the book or at least not that i thank you richard goes to a lake and is all contemplative she never goes she is never contemplative near a lake I'm sure she look, kind of looks like like a, like a King Arthur Guinevereian kind of uh, mood to that one. Yeah, I kind of wonder if that's a dream that Allison's having because, Whoa. you know, she pretty much stays in King's Landing for this period of the Dance of the Dragons that we're expecting to see covered. Really, for mm-hmm. most of the dance, Allison stays in King's Landing. Um, King's Landing is pretty notably a coastal city. Um, there's not really a large lake that she would be kicking off to that that looks like that near it that we're aware of. Uh, so yeah, that, and that does have that Arthurian vibe, like you said. I thought that was a cool call. It, it is reminiscent of that. So I wonder if that's a dream she's having. Um, maybe some ominous stuff there. And then that here would we be have a big deal if they introduce. There's never been a dream sequence on Game of Thrones or House of the Dragon. That would be um. I'm not sure how I'd feel about that, but we'll see when it happens, I suppose. Is that true? There weren't any on Thrones? I can't Well, there's like visions. There's like Bran having wow, 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 like future crap, but no. 
Well, what I would say to that is that um, Martin has quite a lot of dreams in a Song of Ice and Fire. So I would personally, that's another thing where it's like, I could totally get behind that if they had, you know, what is the mental toll for this on Allison, who basically like kind of started a lot of this stuff, like, you know, Otto manipulated her, but she was they've really played up Allison and Rhaenyra as the two main movers of this conflict, even as they yeah. both have people pulling them along, um, which I, I like personally. So I mm. want to I want to feel the emotional toll this is taking on both of them, that that their families are now at war because they couldn't get this feud behind them. Um, I'm sure I'll get into it. I just um, if if they if they do dream sequences, I hope they uh do it tastefully and with restraint, but we'll see what happens. Um, so can we fast forward just a frame to the two dragons on the beach here, Richard? Mm. Yeah, so this is this might be one of my favorite shots of the entire trailer. So here we have Rhaenyra and Cyrax on the left side of the frame, and we are mm-hmm. we believe we're not positive, but we're pretty sure that we're looking at uh, Adam of Hull as Clinton Liberty and Sea Smoke on the right side. Uh, so spoilers here: Adam is one of the dragon seeds that successfully rides a dragon. Um, but what would that look like to then have a, a new dragon rider brought into the fold? Um, Rhaenyra. You know, would she become a mentor to these dragon riders? She has been a, you know, a rider since she was a kid. She's one of the most experienced around at this point. Um, and don't forget that Sea Smoke was her former husband's dragon. So something like well, yeah. someone else coming along and riding it would hold again a lot of emotional weight. Um, any thoughts on this shot, Dan? I mean, it's pretty. It's obviously a little bit showing off kind of like a fun composition. Uh, yeah, it's probably Adam. Um, yeah. Will will Rhaenyra be a mentor to the Dragon Seeds or will she spit in their peasant faces and uh, make them kneel and uh, work for her until they get fed up? Uh, we'll find out. And how's the Dragon Season 2? Yeah, it might depend on the stage the dance is at. Rhaenyra's got a big arc here. There are times she's a bit more heroic and times she is less so. So we'll see what happens. Um, can we step forward to the next frame before we before we kick it and really go forward? Um, there's a shot of a domed building. Oh, well, yeah. So I don't know what the deal is with that, that underwater shot of what looks like Helena. My first thought again is, is that another dream? But that'd be two dream sequences in the same trailer because Helena does have visions in, in the book, but uh, Mm. so Dan and Dan broke this trailer down on winterscoming.net. If you're curious about all the little details, Uh, but this, you, you asked about this building. I think this could be the dragon pit. That's yeah, kind probably. of my my one thought here. Um, other than that, I'm not sure what it could be. It probably is the dragon pit. I'm sure. Um, not a giant mystery yeah. here. I'm sorry. Um, it's for the dragon pit. <laughs> it's a big old dome. Yeah, it's I a big sure, old though. dome. Um, shall we carry on? Let's do it. Lena and the weird thing got some other action shots. Of course, field of fire. Yep. Gonna love it. Ooh, the best line 
Rain- oh, ooh, that's my favorite shot, by the way, is uh, Bela Targaryen Bela. screaming. I just love kind of the intensity and the ferocity of it. it kind of the way it cut from sort of Rainey's, um pensive line about uh, the gods abhorring no war so much as a, go- as a war between kin and no war so bloody as a war between dragons to this like kind of young person screaming with the unbridled heedless stupid rage of youth to burn everybody she wants because she can it's fun and it's going to lead them all to ruin Ooh, I thought it was good I got chills from that one also it'll be fun to see uh, yeah. Moon Dancer, her dragon this is my favorite shot I think I like that one a lot yeah it's a really good shot um, I love you know she's wearing the black and red Targaryen colors too mm-hmm. um, and it it will be nice you know this does kind of confirm for us that we'll be getting a look at Moondancer this season so more dragons which is so exciting because there were a few that were really missed last season like Sunfire Aegon's Dragon is is one we don't see at all in this trailer but is almost certainly coming going to be featured more next season so yeah good stuff please continue King's Landing, a riot. Not sure they'll have to add that in. Oh God, do we dare? Can we pause? Yeah, let's rewind for a sec. There's a shot of Helena with a dude to his knife. We gotta point it out. We okay, let's point it out. We can't not. We can't not. Okay, a little Um, further back. Yeah, lots of this before him. Keep going. Keep going. Right there. That. There Uh, it is. Go ahead. Take it. Okay, major spoilers here. We won't get into the deets, uh, but we've talked about it on here quite a lot that Blood and Cheese is a a very uh, iconic, well-known scene of the Dance of the Dragons. Um, It's probably happening in the season premiere, maybe episode two, but probably the premiere, and is essentially the Rhaenyra and Daemon's revenge for Lucy. Ceres, Helena is involved, and that's pretty much mm-hmm. the only thing this scene could be. Um, so yeah, oh yeah, something that's about seeing this makes it feel machines. realer. It's coming. Mm, it'll be uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, we'll see what happens when we get to it. All right, hit it. Let's go to the end. We got more Duskendale yeah. stuff. The big old battle. We got a little bit of a. Oh, uh, let's pause on this final shot of Vegas. So the final shot. You got to end with the dragon going overhead. Yeah. I'll note that they seem pretty far along. Like this shot looks good. It's a giant dragon shot. And we know those take a while and are expensive. But if they've already animated a huge shot of one of their main monsters in this big epic sweep, um, they're not just starting. Like they are a ways into post-production then if they already have full done dragon shots. And that is undoubtedly, by the way, aimed on Vagar. Uh, during the Battle of Rook's Rest, just scaring the crap out of all the troops on the ground. Yep. I mean, Vagar is pretty enormous, the the largest living dragon. And you feel, I love how you feel it when Vagar takes off. Like, this is a mm-hmm. lumbering behemoth. It's not a spry little dragon. It It is a dragon. She's been around for hundreds of years. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you that they're they're probably, you know, they're deep into post-production at this point mm-hmm. where they're, I guess they wrapped like officially wrapped in October, I think, uh, maybe early November. Uh, we started getting those pictures of the wrap party, but they may have been working on some of these shots, like like the shot of Vagar from before sure. that. Um, totally. 
so one of the things we're going to talk about in a second is George R. R. Martin visited the set and he talked about how he saw rough cuts of some episodes. So some shots are done. Episode whole episodes may not be done, but yeah, work is coming along on House of the Dragon season two. I also love Julie's comment. Uh, she loves the way they show the toll taken on the dragon. It's sadly beautiful. Yeah, the way that just you see like the like yeah. the gaps in her wings and sort of all the yeah. you know, like the rough how how this dragon's been around for a long time and is uh, still being ridden into war. That old war horse. Yeah, it's gorgeous and sad. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to seeing it. And it's spooky. Yep. Let's wrap it up because that's pretty much a trailer. I believe that's the last shot. And then summer yeah. coming in the summertime. There's one outside. No, don't stay inside. Watch television. Definitely stay inside and watch television. There's one other thing we don't need to rewind for it, but I just want to point out that it is in there. And for the eagle eyed uh, fans who like going through things frame by frame, you can go back and find it. In one of those final flashes in the trailer, there is a shot of, I think, Eric or Eric Cargill fighting with someone that's another Mm. very famous scene from fire and blood that's going to be in this season is people call it cargill bowl but that feels that feels like cheating to me because that's just clegane bowl but a different thing um but yeah so some stuff with the cargill brothers is going to go down but beyond that what else is going on dan what what else we got to talk about today I wish we could luxuriate in this for a minute we have too much to get to so we got to keep this train of moving yeah um, literally today, I think, uh, George R. R. Martin, of course, the writer of Fire and Blood, so fire creator of Game of Thrones, posted to his not a blog. Um, just a big post talking about him visiting London, him talking to his publisher about the Winds of Winter, uh, him visiting the Winds of, uh, sorry, the set of House of the Dragon. And just, um, I think possibly for yeah. the first time, he was bowled over. He loved the set, the sets. Huge, stunning, and so damned real that I felt as if I had gone through a time portal to medieval Westeros. I love castles and have visited dozens of actual medieval castles, keeps, and towers in my time, but none of the real castles I've ever seen can hold a candle or a torch to our red keep. So he's loving the sets. Uh, Good for him. (laughs) He also mentioned uh, that he'd seen the first two episodes of House of the Dragon. Again, he was bowled over. He was gushing the whole way through which is a good sign he he admits he's not objective this yeah. is his work but still good to hear that he's uh enjoying it uh i thought both episodes were just great and they aren't even finished yet dark mind you very dark they may they may make you cry uh powerful emotional gut-wrenching heart-rending just the sort of thing i like so yeah he's loving it i'm glad he's having a good time and then yeah. finally pre- probably most interestingly he said that he yeah, spent a couple of days with um, the writers, with showrunner Ryan Condal, with the rest of the House of the Dragon writing staff, which includes Sarah Hess, T. Mickle, David Hancock, and Philippa Goslett, and not Ira Parker, because uh, I think he's now working on on a, 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 a Knight of the Seven Kingdoms. But uh, Martin sat in the room with gotcha. him, basically worked on... Uh, House of the Dragon seasons three and four, he said. Uh, so they're planning those, and uh, I guess we're guaranteed at least up to season four now <laughs> through George R. R. Martin confirmation. Well, I think it, it wouldn't be surprising at all to me that if HBO is kind of lightly 
be planning to go up through season four. Like, why wouldn't mm. they? This show is sure. clearly a hit for them. Um, one thing, so the trailer that we just broke down and talked about is the most viewed trailer for in, in its first two days of any trailer that HBO has released since Max launched in 2020. Um, I think it racked up around 63 million views in those two days, which is not not uh, holding a candle to Grand Theft Auto 6, but we don't need to get no. into that. Um, but yeah, so I'm not surprised to hear that they're planning for seasons three and four. That's pretty much the breadth of what I always thought this story would need to do like the dance yeah. of the dragons. Well, is four seasons. Um, so they're planning that. Uh, and it's, I love that Martin was really transparent about this. Just saying we talked about it. We spent two days with lively, fun discussions. We got some good work done though. Two days was not nearly enough. There's so much ground to cover. Uh, that I'm not sure 20 days would have been enough, he said. So, yeah, um, making plans for House of the Dragon uh, seasons three and four. Like you said, he loved the sets. And it means a little more coming from from Martin that he gushed sure. about these sets. Because I feel like any creator going to a set would be like, the sets were huge and magnificent. But like, keep in mind that he's he's worked in TV for, you know, a long time so when he says these sets are like nothing he's ever seen like he visited game of thrones he's been to That's winterfell true. these are bigger better sets um which is wild to me because some of those final season game of thrones sets were ridiculous uh, and he loved the yeah. episodes yeah and he loved the episodes which of course bodes well and like you said he's not objective uh but i'm gonna trust him because if he he said they were they were terrible then i would have been real sad uh he said uh, he did not cry himself but one of his friends did and yeah all right there blood and cheese uh you know let's do it that's that's what i'm assuming it's gonna be what what he else probably laughed um he also I mean, mentioned Jake. briefly he mentioned uh the game of thrones stage play that they've been working on for a while we haven't heard much about oh, that yeah, yeah. Uh, recently uh a while ago they announced a game of thrones stage play about the tourney at heron hall where um yeah. rhaegar targaryen absconds with lyanna stark which sounds like a great like if you're gonna do a game of thrones stage play i thought that idea the whole the idea of a play at all at first was like eh, come on you don't need to do that and then i'm like it's about the heron hall tournament I'm like okay i could see that yeah uh, just saying yeah. that they might update the title from heron hall to the iron throne which is the worst title by the way but also saying that um he isn't sure if that'll stick either so that's coming along it exists it's still happening yeah uh nice update well there was keep it on talking there's one other thing he said about that, which is that he thinks it could go up in the West End and on London in late that. 2024. Um, not positive. It could get pushed back, but that kind of gives a decent benchmark, I think, for how far along this thing is. It's no longer just a nebulous. They're making a Game of Thrones stage play. Who knows if it will ever happen? It mm -hmm. sounds like at this point they're they're eyeing late next year. So it, for people in London, uh you're lucky go see the game of thrones stage play because i can't so you probably should you can swim i mean with the qualifier that um george r, r. martin predicting dates is maybe not what you should set your watch to <laughs> harsh like 
I, I, I don't know if, if, yeah, I would, if I would fully trust Martin when it comes to um, this will happen on this date. He, he kind of has a track record for not being the most reliable situation. Pencil but it's still in. happening. Pencil yeah, it. Yeah, pencil yeah. it in. That's why pencils have erasers <laughs> in case George R. R. Martin exactly. told you to meet him at a certain time. All right. And that is some <laughs> of <Jesus>. the <laughs> Game of Thrones House of the Dragon stuff going on. Quite a bit. Exciting times. We'll only see more going forward. I'm looking forward to it. But uh, before yeah. we kind of push on to, to the lightning round or other things, there was other stuff that also got shown over the weekend at a the uh, CCXP um, convention in Brazil where they showed off the House of the Dragon trailer. In my opinion, the House of the Dragon trailer kind of blew everything else out of the water. But there was a lot of other stuff happening. Uh, why don't we just kind yeah. of really blast through a few of the other things showed off and give our um, lightning round-esque opinions without lightning round structure? Okay. Sounds Daniel, good. Are um, you excited so the, to see the Fallout uh a TV show on Amazon based on the video games? I, yeah, I'm very excited. So I am a fan of the Fallout games. I've played uh, many of them um back all the way back to Fallout 1 because I'm that old. Um oh, damn, you're old. so I'm really excited for this. I think they really captured the tone and the feel of Fallout in this trailer because there's kind of a a nostalgic tongue-in-cheek sort of tone to this series that is set in the post-apocalypse uh really excited for this it's the producers of westworld jonah nolan and lisa joy it's on amazon which uh, amazon the trailer says like free two-day shipping and uh, i hated that even though it uh, is it funny or is it cringe i don't like it yeah. So, well, Dan, let me ask you. So as someone who is not familiar with the games, are you excited for Fallout? It looked cute. Um, yeah, it, 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 it looked nice. Um, it looked like it does have a style to it. Like it's confident in having this yeah. sort of tongue-in-cheek post-apocalypse 1940s cultural pastiche that is a unique blend and it seems to know what it's about. I could check it out if, if it yeah. comes out, but... um. Not at the top of my watch list, but it looks it looks cool. Shots fired. What it's, I, it is at it's the top of mine. I'll put that out there. Nice. What I will be watching is The Boys Season 4. I know it's also coming out on Amazon next year. Again, not a release date. They're just yep. um, coming out next year. Of coming course so- I will. Yeah, coming soon. Yeah, coming soon. Uh, the Boys. The, that, that show has earned my trust. The uh, kind of what if superheroes were the worst and also, what if this <laughs> superhero is kind of Donald Trump, but sh- don't tell anybody. We're not going to go that far and make it explicit. Um, good satire, good gore effects. I like the show. It's fun. Yeah. So it's funny. I feel like we're we're opposite sides of the coin here because The Boys was <laughs> the trailer I was the least excited about. Um, it, it looked fine. Like it, it was a solid trailer. Like you said, The Boys is always a, like a good time. It's never like, oh, that was bad. Yeah. Like just not the yeah. case but i never find myself being like man i can't wait to rewatch the boys i'm so obsessed mm-hmm. with the boys like so i will watch it but i i will see how excited we get it feels a little like kind of more of the same just a tiny bit but then again i wasn't excited for gen v and that ended up being great which we're going to talk about mm-hmm. in, a, in a little bit um so yeah the boys is also coming back presumably the next boys. year even though they they didn't oh, even put be. the year in the trailer why are you you playing coy with us amazon 
Yeah, I'm 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 interested in that. Uh, are you into the new season of Halo? Is that an, on Paramount Plus? Halo, the TV that show is Halo. A- yeah, that is one of Paramount Plus's flagship shows, basically, aside from Star Trek. And I guess they have Yellowstone, too, which is obviously their juggernaut, whatever. Um, Halo is one of their their bigger sci-fi shows. I am. Uh, so this comes with the caveat that I am not a huge Halo game fan, which is probably part of why I enjoyed the first season more than a lot of people. Um it had its rough spots. It had its flaws, but it reminded me a lot of like Battlestar Galactica in, in some of the things that it did about like, okay. you know, do the Spartans have free will and stuff like know. that. So the trailer, I, I will say, aside from just thoughts about season one, I thought this had a bang in trailer, particularly uh, the cool. trailer for season two of Halo looked cool. And that one, you know, Amazon playing coy about release dates. Halo did the opposite that's coming February 8th, 2024. So that is right around the corner. It's going to be one of the first shows out of the gate next year. Um, are you going to watch it, Dan? No. Um, are you interested in uh, <laughs> I figured. Godzilla X Kong, the new empire, a new Godzilla Kong movie where giant monsters battle? They'll find something to fight about, I'm sure. Yeah, they'll battle other giant monsters. Um, yes, I didn't. Re- I've kind of fallen off with the MonsterVerse. Uh, I never saw Godzilla versus Kong, the f- the first one of these crossovers. Um, but I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued enough. You know, every once in a while, you just get in the mood for a good kaiju fight. So sure. I may get caught up in time to see this in theaters because movies like these are are best in theaters. And this one also comes out April twelfth, the same day as Fallout. That week is gonna huh. be nuts yeah exciting um do you have any interest in this i presume you're skipping this one probably um yeah probably although i'll tell you one thing i will see in theaters 100 is me. uh the next yeah. trailer which was furiosa a mad max saga i don't like that title i just i hate the way that i get it you want to make mark this as like part of your cinematic universe it's a it's a mad max saga but i don't think mad max is gonna be in it it's about me about furiosa i loved mad max fury road i think i saw that twice in the theaters it was very rare for me i don't usually see a movie more than once in the theaters and then i watched it again at home i thought it was the best action i've seen in yeah. the past like maybe 20 years i thought it was great this trailer honestly which is like a prequel where anya taylor joy takes over for charlie's throne plays the younger version of furiosa Who's like a post-apocalyptic desert warrior lady, whatever. Um, looked a little unfinished to me. I don't know. Some of the special yeah. effects looked like they were still in the oven. But given how much I loved Mad Max Fury Road, I am willing to give it like 30 passes. So I will see this one 100%. Yeah, I imagine this is going to be a pretty big event. Um, I, I forgot to put the release date down for this, but I believe it's in May, May twenty fourth, maybe May some May sometime. If um, yeah, I'm excited for Fury for Furiosa too. I love Fury Road. That was just a bombastic, crazy ass oh, action so movie. Good. It was so good. Um, the story of them making that movie is also quite a saga. It was a very mm-hmm. notoriously difficult film. To, to shoot um but that but it came through on screen it was just really Ooh. good 
I agree with you that I think some of the effects in the Furiosa trailer looked a little underbaked, but I imagine that's just because they're still working on it. I'm totally sure. willing to, Cross fingers. you know, George Miller, the last one, like it was a Mad Max movie and it was nominated for like 10 Oscars. So like that doesn't really happen for these types of movies. So the fact that it was <laughs> is like, uh, he has a pass for me. I will go watch this. I'm super excited for it. Um, the the only other thing I'll say is I agree with you about the Furiosa colon a Mad Max saga. Like studios have the tiniest bit of confidence, please, that your audience mm-hmm. will know what the movie is about without you spoon feeding us a terrible colon apostrophe long as hell title. Like, look at I I will always reference this one of my favorite movies of last year. Prey didn't need to be Prey. A predator saga for us to know what it was. Oh it was just God. prey, and we all we all figured out that it was a predator movie. Like, give us that, please, in the future. Uh, like, you know. But yeah, prey I, I'm by itself is such a great title. It's so simple and like mm-hmm. connects right to like the like the brain stem lizard part of your brain. Like, it just it's like a fear word. It's so good. Yeah, I didn't even know about that. That is a a crime punishable at the hague a, a, a pending that a predator what was it prey a predator oh something? it wasn't no no prey was my example of a movie that oh, didn't do it okay gotcha that just Sorry. trusted the audience would fi- oh god no yeah prey just trusted the audience would figure it out they don't need to be spelling it out for everyone and i wish more mo- movies and shows would take that note you know uh the lord of the rings the rings of power yeah if anything it gets people talking because then when people talk about it and it's like i didn't know there was a new lord of the rings show (laughs) oh yeah it's the rings of power like you don't need you know don't give us seo titles for movie titles people as andrew says (laughs) you know what there is andrew's right house the dragon did did do it the right way didn't go house of the dragon a game of thrones story which it you know it could have yes solo a star wars story shut up you deserve to bomb um (laughs) by the way uh nicole asked a good question why are there so many godzilla shows movies lately you got monarch over on apple tv plus you got this new uh godzilla movie minus one i think from the original studio in japan yep you got this thing i don't know because hollywood has no ideas nicole because they get on something that works and then they all just pile on and try that exact same thing until they burn themselves out that's my answer yeah well there are kind of two two sides to that some part of it is like studios coincidentally having the timing line up because godzilla minus one is like you said that is a japanese film japan has its own long you know godzilla is a japanese franchise so they just still make godzilla movies they have since whatever the you know for 50 60 however many years since the original godzilla they've just been periodically making them over there um on on the u.s side so that's monarch and godzilla x kong and the reason is because they're trying to to build their own cinematic universe and as much as we scoff at that, and I am I am prone to wanting to scoff at that, the MonsterVerse is actually like one of the few that's worked, surprisingly. Like it has its fans and it's still going. They've had six movies at this point, I think. Five movies. So like and a TV show. So 
The TV show Monarch is supposed to be great as well. I haven't seen it, but I've heard nothing but really good things about it. Yeah, me too. So I'm intrigued. Wick but it's a fair question. Professor, it feels uh, like it's all Godzilla all the time. Right <laughs> all now. of a sudden. Oh, yeah. I know that uh, Wick adjunct professor Camilla Surveo really likes uh, Monarch. I, I have yet to watch them. I loved the first, yes. like, the, like the original, like 54, because I'm about to think it's really good. I haven't really watched much beyond that. But I felt like one of these. And you're right. They do keep making these movies, so it must be successful. Sure. I, I feel like it's sort of a oh, level yeah. of like a Transformers franchise where maybe it's not considered the most prestigious thing in the world or not on like a Marvel level of success. But obviously they have carved out a nice little uh piece of heaven for themselves. And for that I commend them and their giant monsters. I kind of yeah, I I kind of disagree with the Transformers comparison. I think maybe mm-hmm. that's fair with on the US end with with US Godzilla movies cuz we've had a lot of hits and misses. Like there was uh one with Brian Cranston uh and Aaron Taylor Johnson yeah, that was. was really good. But then there was like Godzilla 2000, I think, or whatever the one before that was with Matthew Broderick that was really bad. Was so like the US Transformers is maybe fair there, but like in Japan, like Godzilla is a really like long running, really successful franchise. Um, So I think it's on a different level than something like Transformers, like globally. Um, But yeah, so Camilla, since you brought her up, she also said that uh, Godzilla minus one is her favorite movie she's seen this year. And I've seen that sentiment from a few different critics as well, that like, not only is it a great Godzilla movie, it's one of the best movies of 2023, which like, I didn't expect. Uh, They made, they made it on like a shoestring, like $15 million budget, I think. Um, But apparently it's really, really good. It just extended its theatrical run in the u.s until december 14th so if you've been curious about godzilla minus one you have an extra like weekend change to see it if you want to in theaters nice i can do it uh according to saganisha hbo may have passed on the godzilla show because the budget and they already had one mega ip property show but apple got the money mm-hmm. to deliver what do they do all right daniel we're going to the ends of this yeah. really quick are you reading or watching anything you want to talk about Yes. Uh, so I, I mentioned earlier, I have seen all of Gen V. Uh, I binged it nice. over Thanksgiving, which feels like ages ago, uh, but I've been gone for a while. Uh, it was <laughs> really good. I enjoyed Gen V a lot. Um, I almost liked it. I'm hesitant to say more than the boys, but I, I part of me wonders if I did. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I think they did some really interesting things with the powers. They had some, the powers had some interesting like thematic relevance to like what the people were going through as college students so it was a little that side of it was more interesting to me than just you know a train's really fast um you know the deep can commune with animals and then how messed up are they because of that these were Mm -hmm. like the powers were statements on like things like self-harm and and empowerment and stuff like that in ways that i didn't expect and thought were really interesting so yeah gen v i really liked i'm glad it got a second season um finale was great uh it was directed by sana hamri who directed like half of the wheel of time season two um nice beyond that yeah still watching beacon 23 um it slowed down a little bit in the middle of the season first 
first three episodes were fantastic. It's on a little bit of rocky footing at the moment. I'm still enjoying it, but I'm curious to see how it sticks the landing in, in its last three episodes. Um, and the very last thing, and then I'll ask you, Dan, the same question, mm-hmm. is I watched a, it's technically like a, a horror, like, romance it's a it was a a weird movie that i enjoyed so much called spring uh it's by i think aaron and moorhead who are i forget their first names but they're like a writing directing pair that marvel just brought on board to like help them fix daredevil born again um and this is like an a24 style like horror movie but also has some interesting romance in it so i i loved that movie and and yeah it was great and that's spring. what I'm watching. Okay. What are you watching? Uh, the same stuff yeah, as usual. Uh, you know, for all mankind. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm busy with like all this real estate stuff, so I'm not watching as much in the night as I used to be. Um, I am looking forward to seeing The Boy in the Heron this weekend. That's a new Miyazaki movie. Oh, uh, I want to yeah. see that. Nice. So I'm all I'm all over that. And I finished the three body prop. I talked about it last week with Camilla. I did want to ask you um, if I want to read a Brandon Sanderson book. Do you have any recommendations for me? Oh yeah, sure. Um, well, do you want something long and epic? Do you want a standalone, or do you want a, a self-contained trilogy? A self-contained. Um, I don't know, and we don't have time to talk about all the details. So I regret asking you the question. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. I'll I'll give you the the quick one. Mistborn okay. is probably the one you want to start with. Okay. That's a finished that trilogy. The first. Th- yeah, the first three Mistborn, it's a finished trilogy. It's got a really cool magic system, uh, good characters, very solid ending and and full arc. Um, Stormlight is the big one, but Stormlight is an investment. That's like telling someone, go start the Wheel of Time. Uh, so yeah, gotcha. Mistborn is I'm my doing that. Okay, I love that. I've heard of that. A tri- I can handle a trilogy. It's bigger than a single. It's not a lifetime commitment like... Um, the other thing you said, storm arc, storm light, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Mistborn. Yep, storm okay. light. Good. I'm great. Mistborn. I think yeah. I'll try it. Thank you, Dan, because I do want something to read. Cool. Now, now that I'm done, I like get to like kind of out before bed, and I'm like, I want to read something. I don't have anything to read yet. Okay, so I will try and pick that up and report back in a little bit. All right, before we awesome. round, I out hope you this, enjoy it. I hope I do too. Before we round out this filling hour of Take the Black Live, why don't we hit? another of our famous wick news lightning rounds where we go over stories we couldn't get to in the main body of the show and give our 20 second opinions yes let's do it i'm going to ask you the first one here dan are you ready to lightning all right i'll take that as as a yes a lightning to yes Mm -hmm. um so Apple TV Plus's show foundation based on the book by isaac asimov it's been renewed for season three. Good for it. I, I watched a bit of the first season, didn't really dig it, but I understand that people have liked it more as it's gone on, Foundation. I'm glad that story's getting adapted. I'm glad they're spending money on big properties. I never feel like I hear people talking about it, but apparently Apple's, I like Apple's willing to just throw money at these things. So rock on, Boogie Mama, you're going to make it after all. Yep. Some Apple awesome. exec is picking out their pocket, their pocket lint and pocket change <laughs> and saying, go exactly. make a show. Uh, speaking <laughs> of um, returning TV shows, the Last of Us showrunner Craig Mazin says that season two of the HBO Zombie Phenom will begin filming on February 12th of next year, 2024. Yeah, that's 
it's exciting. The Last of Us uh, season two now has a date when it's starting. I believe Craig Mazin said this in like a kind of a roundtable director's interview. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, notably, that is after uh, The Last of Us part two remastered comes out from Naughty Dog, which of course has uh, co-showrunner Neil Druckmann is working on that right now. That comes out in January. So then in February, everyone can just change gears and make some television. Yay. Um, yay. All right, Dan. Uh, so here is one uh, about the Marvel. We're going to talk Marvel news here for a minute. So MCU boss Kevin Feige has mm-hmm. officially, he has refuted the rumors going around that Marvel is desperate and wants Robert Downey Jr. to come back as Tony Stark slash Iron Man. Uh, yeah. What I like about this is that his first comment when someone brought it up, after the retreat was like, I don't know. I haven't heard that. We'll see what happens. And now this new one is like, we're not doing it. So I like to think that between those two things, Donnie Jr. called and he was like, I'll do it for a trillion dollars. And then Feige's like, so we're not doing it. Uh, we're not bringing it back. It's too important. We can't <laughs> touch it. It just wouldn't be right. That, that's what I like, like to think happened. Uh, speaking of Marvel, Dan, uh, Disney is officially yes. no longer reporting box office data for the Marvels, despite it still being in theaters, probably because it took a big, fat, stinking. Uh, I shouldn't have started the sentence. It failed. It's bomb. <laughs> uh, clearly, they're taking the yeah. fact that it's the first Marvel Studios movie to not to break even well. Yeah, Marvel and Disney have really not been handling this bomb well. I enjoyed the Marvels, I I will say. But in terms of box office numbers, it is the first MCU movie that probably won't break even. Um, And yeah, they're not reporting box office data, even though like plenty of other movies that are pulling in smaller halls are still reporting. So it feels like Disney is just their their ego is hurt and they're like it's embarrassing the headlines are too embarrassing and also stop shading nia da costa disney it looks weird um they all are. right so oh yeah they've been later. well later. that's like the bob Iger saying they should have more more ceos on oh, set for right more oversight there have been a few <laughs> yeah, they did they read an solution. article that was like yeah, she skipped the premiere that she wasn't invited. They didn't invite her to it, and it was on her birthday. And and then they oh, Variety ran an director. article saying she ditched it. So they've had a weird kind of, I don't know, weird smear campaign against her uh, that is rather unbecoming Marvel Studios. Yeah, I feel bad for her. Uh, yeah, it's unwarranted in my opinion. Um, all right, so, uh, all right, Dan. So tell tell us why we should care about this. Um, So we got our first look. uh, Sebastian Stan. So that is Bucky from the MCU. He's playing young Donald Trump in a movie that is, of course, called The Apprentice uh, because someone somewhere wanted this to happen. Yeah. I mean, why should we care? Because Donald Trump is probably the biggest cultural figure of our of our lives, of our time. And I think Sebastian Stan doesn't he looks better than I thought, which is say he, that he looks worse than I thought. He I, I, I thought he would be too <laughs> handsome to, to do this, but he is kind of pulling yeah. off like sort of, um, I don't know, uh, di- like disheveled, sloppy, better than I thought he would. Um, I don't know if I'll see it. Yeah, but true sure it's an important it's an important story whether you want it to be or not sorry you live in this reality okay um okay me too (laughs) 
uh daniel you know about you know about this stuff uh doug cockle the actor who voices geralt of rivia in the witcher video games confirms that cd projects red's next witcher game is not going to focus on geralt yeah doug cockle uh so he's been doing some interviews lately and he basically said i don't know what the next witcher is about the one thing i do know is that it's not about Geralt. Geralt is not the focus of the next game. Um, and that is, you know, we've only gotten one image of this. It's like a lynx pendant in the snow. So he thinks it could be about Siri, which is kind of one of the primary theories going around. And he thinks that's a good theory. I'll back that. Um, Sweet. All right. So here's one that's a, maybe a tiny bit out of our wheelhouse, but it looked real cool. And I would kind of want wanted to hear your thoughts about it so jodie foster who she hopes people will be sick of superhero movies soon jodie foster's mm-hmm. had enough she but her new show uh or it's not a new show but her show true detective season four which stars her uh it just got a new trailer and a very cool poster are you gonna watch this one probably yeah i i, I enjoy true detective i like jodie foster i think she's i i i i i i, I don't think so. This is out of our wheelhouse. She got a comment. I don't superhero movies very much either. I, I also hope they kind of go down a bit. Um, she's great. Her detective is cool. <laughs> she's allowed to have her opinions on superheroes. Whatever. Yeah, rock on, um, Clarice. That's it. <laughs> nice. And finally, uh, Daniel Dune Part Two showed off footage at CCXP and debuted some pretty new posters, including. Florence Pugh as Princess Irulan in Dune Part 2. Oh, how pretty. Yeah. Yeah, so we didn't get a trailer for Dune, but people at this convention got to see it. There are a ton of really beautiful new posters for the film out. If you are into Dune and you haven't seen them, go scour the internet for them. They did one for like each character, and there are a couple of new characters in there, including Florence Pugh, who's looking great as Princess Irulan. Um, I can't wait for Dune Part 2 gonna be great yeah me too I, i'm looking forward to that and that is our show we filled the full hour and then some had a great time with you guys glad you're back we lot to talk about lots of house of the dragon stuff lots Thanks. of other things but it's exciting times before now and in the future if you want to see more of us we are here every wednesday at 2 p.m central standard time uh coming at you live on the winter is coming facebook and youtube pages also download some podcast forms want to listen to us on the go it's an iTunes, good play wherever you get podcasts. Give us a like, give us a click, give us a subscribe. It really helps with our numbers and it helps remind us that we are loved. We need that to get through the holidays. Um, <laughs> other than that, so much fun being with you. Daniel, glad to have you back. And I'm going to put out a, a preliminary congratulations to Sebastian Sand for his 2025 Oscar win for The Apprentice. Bye, everybody. Uh. Take care, all. This podcast is brought to you by Fansighted. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.